Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Welcome back once again to Talking Comics NYCC 2013 coverage. On this episode, we had a little sit down with Kevin Smith. Now, there's a few caveats here, obviously. One of them is you're going to hear the audio is a little off, a little different than usual. I was recording it with the onboard mics on my device instead of the regular mic, and that was because uh, this was a roundtable interview with Kevin. There was about nine other people in the room uh, when we conducted it, uh, but... Uh, I wanted to post it here because he said some really interesting things about comic books and about the show and about perception, internet, all these really kind of salient points that I think whether or not you like his movies or not, you'll get some use out of whether you hate them or you like the opinions. The other part, too, is that we get to actually ask him a question. So there is some Token Comics input into this interview. So I hope you guys enjoy a chat with Kevin Smith. <laughs> Season three, a miracle. Uh, never thought we'd get here, particularly when first episode launched. Like there was a nice contingent on the internet, and by nice I mean healthy, because they weren't nice at all. That like one after the fucking show and was like, "Fuck you and your fucking friends, and who the fuck do you think you are? And you're uh, pro- pro- what is it, propagating the stereotype that fucking like uh, what a comic book story is and what do they all do? All these dudes live in their fucking parents' basement. All this bullshit. It's like all these guys are married, with the exception of one, who actually, to be fair, did live in his mother's basement at the beginning of the show. <laughs> but other than that, like we really didn't feel like the show celebrated stereotypes if anything it was just like dudes sitting around picking on each other so first episode airs and long sharp knives come out teeth come out and shit so much so that like Brian who's got very thick skin I'm of course eggshell fucking skin and everything bothers me Brian like who never gets bothered by anything was like hit really hard he was like what the fuck man he's just like I hate everything and I like this show and I was like yeah but you're on the show like and it stars people you like and stuff like that so after the first episode we felt we're dead in the water we only had six they were hour long for the first season and we figured that's it man once the fucking show runs its course they're never going to pick it up with people saying shit like that because you get so focused on you know flip you flip the microphone when you deal with the internet and i live on the fucking internet so much so that i'm like the fucking lawnmower man at this point like when you live on the internet you have to remember to fucking flip the microscope periodically and remember that you're looking at something magnified very big which in all actually is something not all that big because at the end of the day yes there were people bitching about the show there were a lot of people who drowned out who kind of liked the show. We got to hear them episode two and three. Because after the hate of the first episode, a lot of that seemed to go away. Like, And not like people going, I like it now. It was just the people who were like, I tried it, fuck you, and they left. <laughs> and everyone who was left in the room was like, hey, we like this. So it, it settled into a nice groove. But then 
in TV, it doesn't matter how you feel or if you like the fact that your friends are on a show or something. At the end of the day, it's ratings. And so we had a nice, solid number. Granted, we're traveling in the wake of a juggernaut. We're behind uh, The Walking Dead Season 1 for us. And then Season 2, when we went back for the first part of Season 2, they had the smart idea of putting Talking Dead after Walking Dead. Because it used to go Walking Dead, us, then Talking Dead. So they can take advantage of the live feed kind of thing. But then they just switched it. makes more sense. One should follow the other. And then we follow in the wake. So once the numbers came in, suddenly it didn't matter like that people were like, fuck you and your friends and your show. Because the network was like, this is exactly what we were hoping for. Thank you very much. The show is not that expensive to produce. Some people I've seen online go, how is this fucking show at season three? The key is to keep it inexpensive. Like, we don't go in there and be like, this is what it's going to cost to do the show this year. It's a big, steep raise. Not at all. This show benefits as an absolute fucking commercial for my store. So we don't go in and rake them over to Kohl's. We don't bend them over a table and be like, give us some of that TV money. I don't go in there and be like, here, here's my check to you. But we don't take them for a ride at all. And because of that, the ratings are strong enough with a budget that's small enough where we could kind of get to a season three. So it feels good, man. The work, the show speaks for itself and eventually gets you there. Thank God we have a network that actually likes us. They moved us season two to a Thursday night reality block program, or unscripted block program, I should say. And, um, you know, the ratings were not what they were behind for us, for compliment, behind The Walking Dead, naturally. So we were scared as fuck at the beginning of, uh, when they ran that last cycle, the, the Thursday nights, that that was it. Like, it's been a nice ride. We had we'll, At the end of the day, we'll have had two seasons, but there's no way this goes any further. And God bless AMC. They're like, we're going to double book the show. We'll throw it on another night and see if it gets a number there, too. And it did. And suddenly the night that we weren't on, Thursday night, they rerun it again late on Sundays after walking and talking. It was pulling a better number than it was pulling on Tuesday. So they were like, look, we believe in the show. We moved it. We're experimenting. Don't worry about it. You just keep making your show. Don't think about ratings and stuff. Because if we were to think about ratings, it looked like we wouldn't have come back. And then we got the call at the end of the season. They're like, we like this show, man. We think it's great. We're going to put it back where it belongs after the, the dead shows. So I got lucky, and believe me, I know it every second of the day. I'm not sitting there going, this show's so fucking frighteningly original that fucking it deserves the attention it gets. No, we've got a very friendly network who happens to like the show a lot. It helps when the network actually likes the show as well. Um, and they're supportive. Like, they, they kind of like the numbers that it pulls, especially based on what it costs. And so, boom, we come out with season three. Now, you know, it'll come the same thing at the end of the season will happen where we're like, God, I wonder if they'll go one more season. Because for me, I just wanted one. I was like, if we could just do one season of a show, fantastic. And then as we got to the end of it, you suddenly were like, just two. All right, two would make us legitimate, and then they could cancel it and shit. But then when we got to three, like, now the pressure is kind of off. If they cancel it after this season, I'll be like, look, they gave us a great fucking run, and I've got a bunch of episodes of a show that stars my fucking friends. That... That, to me, will be the greatest trick the devil ever fucking pulled. Like, so it doesn't matter if it goes on for, like, five years, ten years, or one year. It happened. And the fact that they keep bringing us back, it feels wonderful, but it must mean that, like, we're doing something right. Or, or the show is probably earning based on what it costs. Because it's a business at the end of the day. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm so ecstatic that we're, we've lasted this fucking long. 
I, at the same time, I can understand there are some cats you know, who don't like the show who are like, why is this still on? I, I get it. If it's not your cup of tea. If you don't like me and my friends, you don't like that fucking show. It's that fucking simple. The show's not about comic book men. It's about those dudes cracking on each other and shit. If you're into that, it fucking works. If not, it's probably not going to hit you in the same place. And what we discovered as the show went on was it wasn't what we thought. I pitched like, it's pawn stars in a comic book store. And then they showed me the finished uh, edit, and it was Clerks the Unscripted Series. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't even see that. And they're like, you should have, because you made Clerks. And uh, <laughs> I wish I didn't. And now... It's, it goes into this other, this third incarnation, and without changing much, what the show turns out to be is a walk down memory lane. It's reminiscing. Like, that's what it dials into in people, whether they're younger or people our age. We get a lot of people our age who've jumped out of comics and collecting and geek culture and stuff because they're like, ah, oh, life got in the way and blah, blah, blah. But then when they watch this show, they're like, I used to have that. I used to have this thing. I remember that series. And suddenly you get some people coming back in to a comic book store, not just ours, but across the country and shit, wherever they watch the show, because they're like, oh, my God, I remember this. I want to jump back into it. I mean, I see it on Twitter all the time. People were just like, I started recollecting because of comic book men. So that feels fucking neat, man, because you always want to carry a flag, a flag if you will, for the, for the, for the art, for, for comics in general. Um, and it's nice to know that... Un, as opposed to like that first episode aired, there was a, a guy who wrote like a, a blog piece, I think on HuffPost, going, I own a comic book store, and these guys should burn right in hell with Hitler. You know, he just, we, had, we had done the worst thing imaginable to this dude possible. And he said, and this was our great crime, he's like, now because of this show, I have people coming into my store trying to sell me their fucking useless crap. And I'm like, all right, well, I could, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it would be like, you got a stranger coming into your store? Like, sell bitch like that's your job at that point like don't blame me because I sent people to your store and they're trying to sell you stuff when you got them in the door whip a comic book at them like do what you're supposed to do so I, I like the fact that the show has now promoted uh, people go back to brick and mortar man a lot of people are buying digital comics as well but people go you can't buy you know a, a, like a uh, you know, an ElfQuest first printing on digital. Like, if you see that on the show and you're like, fucking, I used to love ElfQuest, you will go to a brick and mortar and look at and seek it out or something like that. I'm sorry, that's a very long answer. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> now, some of my favorite parts on the show are when you guys just run a round table and you kindly buy you set last year and you got some of the magic behind there. Sit around and uh, talk. Yeah. How much do you have in terms of like, what gets stays in, because there's some great stories, I sat there for hours, watched you guys some great stories, and a lot of them of course got cut. Got cut. We have a fantastic editing team, I, I would like to say, like, that we make the call, but we don't, there's an editing team comes in, they've got a real good eye for the show at this point, I get a cut of the show, it's about 29 minutes long, uh, Brian Nichelle, who runs the show, he's the genius captain who's in charge, set the tone for everything, kind of built comic book men from scratch. He'll send me a 29-minute cut of the show, 28, something like that. Later, as we get as we get deeper in the season, the cuts come down to about 25. Essentially, we're looking for a 21-minute show of the cut, 21-minute cut of the show. So I'll get the longer cut and just kind of take out the shit where I'm like, this is slow, this ain't that funny, this is moving kind of bad, this didn't really play. But before I even get to it, the editors go through it all. Brian Nichelle sits right there when we do the podcast thing. So as he's sitting there, he'll just tick off, I like this, I like this, I'll remember this. Give those notes to the editor. But generally speaking, the only shit that doesn't make air is like if we're talking and people get real blue and shit. Like if you start talking and using words that are never going to fly on fucking television, then obviously we know that it's not going to go beyond the table at that point. We try not to do it because as fun as it is, it's kind of like a waste of time. It's like... 
we can sit there and curse at each other on a podcast all day long without a crew of people sitting around us with cameras going, come on, man, get back to Batman and shit. <laughs> so we tend to keep it on point when we're there in the room. But, like, somebody, somebody's job to figure out what stays, what goes, first line of defense is Brian Michelle. He's the one who sits there and goes, like, all right, that's funny, that's funny, that's funny. And really, it's, it's kind of, uh, there's a shorthand that makes it easy, I think, from what they've told me. They're like, any time that Walter Flanagan laughs, we zero in on it because he's a tough customer to make laugh and stuff and when he, he chuckles he's got this wonderful vibrant laugh and stuff so that's when they're like alright look for anything around that laugh and they build out from there so you, know, you mentioned the uh, getting to go back to the comic book stores and stuff like that I mean some of the stuff I love is that when you guys do those round tables you talk you go into conversations about comic books that you don't see you kind of you go beyond like just the, the Avengers Dark Knight like the movie stuff um, and I love that you bring that more to a mass audience. I mean, is that a... Is that part of like what you want to do with the show, or is that just kind of because of the way, it's the way you guys talk? That's uh, really it. Just kind of grew out of the way we talk and the stuff we talked about, and there was no kind of sit-down design of like, all right, we'll only talk about these kind of comics. Like this year, we tried to get a little more current because after the first two seasons, I was like, man, all we talk about is shit that's old. And you see on Twitter, people going like, what about a fucking new comic book? What about the new Fifty Two? And you're like, oh yeah, I guess we should talk about the present. But as middle-aged men, all we want to do is talk about then not now you know it's just like now blows i'm old and shit but back then i was young and the comics were awesome and so basically uh this year we started trying to bring in a little more of the current stuff but our bread and butter is always going to be the reaching back because you can speak i can speak they can speak eloquently to stuff from old but you know if it comes time to speak new 52 then mike's the most eloquent because he's like still in the thick of it reading every issue that comes out of the new 52 of uh, every dc book every marvel book and stuff so it's it's a tender trap sometimes in as much to talk about the old stuff because you do tend to alienate some people who are like I don't fucking, why am I going to go back and buy this old-timey thing? I like the Avengers or something. So there was a little more of a conscious effort going in this year. Like, oh, yeah, let's, let's acknowledge that geekdom has exploded into the fucking mainstream. But that's another reason it feels like you don't want to talk about the Avengers and Dark Knight. It's like, that's taken care of. Like, they'll do that in fucking entertainment tonight. They'll do it in the mainstream media, talk about those big ones. But to sit around at a table and talk about Alan Moore's Swamp Thing on a television show, like when 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I was just a collector and shit and loving comics, if somebody had told me, like, one day you're going to watch a show and some fat guy in a colorful shirt is going to talk about Alan Moore's Swamp Thing at great lengths, I'd be like, sign me to fuck up now. And then I get to the future, I'm like, oh, it's me? Fuck. But, um, <laughs> but that's, that's the kind of thing I'm into, more so than going like, hey, the Avengers made billions of dollars. Like, we all know that, and everyone's seen the Avengers to death. And there's stuff that we'll talk about in regards to the Avengers, but... The stuff that you can go on poetically about eloquently is usually the stuff that like grabbed you before anything else when you were younger and the stuff that like sank it, its claws into your heart. The reason like as a 43 year old you're still talking about Batman whereas most 43 year olds are not. You know it's just like yeah but there's a reason this shit matters and, and now I don't, it sounds stupid to say but 20 years ago you wouldn't find many people to agree with you. You'd find people in a room like this in a convention center. But now you could go beyond that. Like, now they study fucking comic books in college and shit. Like, it's legitimized. And so you can have a podcast like Fat Man on Batman and cry while talking about fucking uh, the latest Justice League movie. And people aren't like, Kevin, you need help. You know, people are just like, that was really touching, wasn't it? You know, and you get all these people coming out of the closet going, I cry at the end of Dark Knight as well. You know, stuff like that. So I, I, I feel like for, it's, it's not our duty or anything like that, but I feel like we're at our best when we're talking about shit that means the world. 
world to us. And most of that shit tends to be older comic book or, or geek stuff as opposed to current. But I feel like Nerdist covers current pretty well, you know? Like Hardwick takes care of the now, we take care of the then maybe. You had uh, two episodes, uh, Convent and Stash Wars. Mm-hmm. Would you be, like, doing something similar for this season? Yeah, there's, let me see. We did, uh, there's a, an episode, I've seen six so far. There's an episode where, uh, called Super Friends, where Mike lost all of his comics during Sandy, and so the boys kind of go out to replace them, and they bring in uh, George, I, don't know, I was going to say, a special guest, George Perez. Um, who else? Lou L- L- Ferrigno comes the first episode to train Brian because he's like out of shape or whatever. Um, <laughs> and that's actually kind of sweet and funny. Like he's he's good. Ferrigno's really fucking good. And then we actually wind up talking. Like Walter had this thing where he's like, you know, I love the show, and I was always fucking like fascinated by the episode where you fought a bear and shit. And so he talked about like fighting the bear and being in the makeup, and they just pushed him in the water like fight this bear. And, uh. and so they got the footage, and that was the first time we ever licensed a clip to actually put. On, on comic book men so that's one of the episodes another one I just watched uh, with the boys last night is a storage wars they go and buy a bit on a storage unit and stuff um, so that goes outside the world we go to the Baltimore Comic Con for Cryptozoic Man in one of the episodes so there's not a like a, a conscious ever get out of the fucking stash but we spend so much time in the stash that anytime you can walk out of it you know it's like a breath of fresh air and the, the thing has now been boiled down to I mean I guess formula is a shitty word but I don't know what else to say the formula of the show, like, is kind of, they, they got it absolutely right. Brian and Michelle got it right last year, so right, where there's a balance of transactions and a balance of a story. Um, and then there are a lot of episodes, like we did last year, and now we're doing again this year, where we don't do a, a cool, we don't do a plot at all, no A story, where it's like, there'll be a key transaction that, like, sparks conversation throughout. So now I like that, because that's even closer to the podcast. Like, it's one thing to work in a plot where, like, hey, this week we're going to a comic book show or something like that. I like it better when it's just the boys sitting around and bullshit and playing the dozens, making fun of each other, saying fucking weird things about comic books. So we've got a nice blend of that. We've got 16 episodes in, in season three, was it, 3A and 3B, and I would say eight of them are not plot oriented it's just the guy sitting around with and, and doing transactions having a good time um, but those the other ones those are where we go in the world those are the plots of the, the so story like George Perez to sign to be in what was that like it's been 40 years in the business I've actually met him and I went to the same high school he's like a legend he is a legend such a sweet guy he was great he did a Wonder Man uh, piece for, for Zapsic because Zapsic loves George Perez's Wonder Man um, and he would like Walter's a massive George Press fan, so once the cameras were on, he was just like blah blah blah, and, well, and you could tell Perez was like, okay, let's get down to business. He was just <laughs> uncomfortable with all the praise. Um, so we got some creators on this year as well. We got Scott Schneider. That represents the new for sure. Uh, uh, Scott Schneider and of course uh, Greg Capullo working on Batman right now, one of the greatest Batman arcs of all time. Uh, we brought them in and did a podcast. There's a section of the show called a Podbuster. Ironically enough, always feels weird whenever like we're shooting the Podbuster. I'm like, I don't want to bust pods. I love pods. <laughs> but the idea behind the Podbuster is a one minute. I'm sure you guys know what this is. It's a one minute act of television. It's not really a full act of TV, but it just stops you from going boop 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 and zipping through commercials. Which is like, oh shit, the show's back, and you stop, and then it's only an hour, a minute long, and then all of a sudden you're back into commercials. So the Podbuster this year, I was like, let's bring in some creators. Normally. It's us sitting around telling a story. But I was like, let's bring in some some people I know because I'm working on a Batman on a Fat Man on Batman podcast. I meet a lot of cool cats. So we brought in uh, Snyder and we brought in um, Capullo and we did 
wraparounds, like uh, with the Podbuster sequences with them, and they were both like really good. And and that to me was fun too because it allow us to show some artwork, do a little bit differently than we've done the previous years, but also give a, a nod to what is current as well. Uh, special guest you're gonna have on the show. You got, is that tied to the ratings? Um, like, that you like, like, <laughs> if it was tied to the ratings, I don't know if we'd be like, get us Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> Those would be ratings in the '80s. Um, but it, but still, it's it's it, it's they, AMC doesn't seem to care. They're not like you got to sexy this fucking show up. If anything, they're always just like keep it more like what it always is. They they dig it very much. So they've never been like you got to bring in some people. In fact, most times we're like, hey, we want to bring in some cats, and they're like, well. Shouldn't it just be about the boys? And and that's like the, kind of the the wall you hit at all times on that show. Like second season, at one point they were tying with the notion, uh, t- toying with the notion of doing uh, on the flies they call them, where it's like you're the guy come in with this fucking thing to sell, and then after the transaction was done, they go outside with you and you talked right to the camera. Just like, yes. And I was like, why? now, I understand that works for that show, but what we got going on in the show is we don't have to look at the camera. Like, they tell me what went on by the podcast device, so they don't have to be, like, looking in the camera and go, like, I hate Brian this week. He said some shit, you know, or anything like that. So you get rid of that device altogether. So every step of the way, like, we've any time we're like, hey, we want to bring somebody in, AMC is just like, ah, no need, keep it centered on the boys, because that's why I said in, in season two, to get rid of those OTFs, I was just like, there's no point in spending time with somebody coming into the store with their transaction, great. Beyond the transaction, finding out their, that's what the boys pull out right there in the store. Right. Like, to like to then double up on it and have a dude talking to camera, it just removes anything kind of graceful about it and stuff. So when I my argument was, plus it takes away from the boys. As much screen time as possible, we got 21 minutes. It should always be on them. So anytime after that, that I was like, hey, we want to bring in George Perez. They're like, shouldn't it be about the boys, Kevin? You know. <laughs> so it comes back to bite you in the ass. But they've never been like, you got to get some fucking sexy in there at all. I mean, you can't sexy up that cast. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot polish a turd. It is what it is. You know. <laughs> Hey guys, on that note, we're going to switch up the tables. And Pleasure, give folks. Hit me later on if you need anything else, and I didn't get you. Thanks, guys. They're still talking, so I'll fucking stay while they're still talking. <laughs> and enjoy my walk. It's been working out, right? I just want to say, man, like, your podcast and stuff is like, in the way that you're, you're like, kind of like, you know, go where the puck is, is going to be kind of thing. Mm. Inspiration for me, like, the last, like, couple of years of my life. That means the world you to know? me, dude. You can do, I mean, give everything a shot. We can't succeed at everything, but we can succeed at, like, fucking 10%. Yeah. And that's, those odds are huge. Absolutely.